Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Buy one, get one free in Babazar in 1999 after luck. <laughs> We're going to Yates' Wine Lodge. <laughs> So 264 of the 20 Minute Tim's flagship podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by Stephen. What's happening? And Martin Melly. Yes. And good news, boys. We promised to return to the flagship podcast when Celtic appointed a manager. 11 days ago, Celtic appointed Ange Postacoglu as first team manager. And did any of you have him on the, the bookies? <laughs> did any of you have did any have a fiver on that? The office, the twenty minute Tim's sweepstake. Yeah, went went I'll tell you what, I had a fiver on it. I just paid off the oh yeah, I just paid off the mortgage there. I had a fiver <laughs> on it back in January. Just paid off the mortgage. Stephen yeah, we thought the question, we'd, uh, we thought we'd ruin all the the party atmosphere around Scotland and all that. We're all away enjoying the Euros, we're all enjoying some sort of variation of a a summer holiday, and we thought we'd come back and ruin it all by talking about Celtic again on the old flagship, so we're back. The, the one thing that everyone has said since um, Ange Postacoglu has been appointed Celtic manager, now we're not going to rewind our opinions here and give it the old, oh, I know nothing about him. It's 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 a long time, it's nearly two yeah. full weeks on, we've learned about Ange Postacoglu and we've had time to form opinions on him. But uh, it, it remains, Melly, a curious appointment. Oh, definitely. It's it's a wild one. It's sometimes when I'm just sitting there thinking, as old Chuck Nick would say, this is a crazy appointment, bringing this guy in. And we're in, players are back pre-season training this week. He's not even able to be there with them because this is taking so long and there's been so many delays in it. So it is, it's a mental one and it's one that Celtic, the board, really need to get right. And I'm not quite sure they've done that just with everything that's going on. Stephen, there is a lot to talk about surrounding the uh, uh, appointment of Ange Postacoglu. Taken in isolation, right, Melly says it's a mental one. There's there's the bigger picture to look at here so far as yeah. the rebuild and who's making the decisions and all that. But in isolation, the appointment of Ange Postacoglu, is it to you creative? Is it interesting? 
is it mental or is he just entirely the wrong guy to be involved at this moment in time <laughs> option E all of the above is <laughs> yeah. absolutely every single one of them is creative it's mental it's exciting and he's the wrong guy to be involved in any of this <laughs> now a quick we had a reaction a couple of weeks ago now this this isn't news of course and we've all we've all been able to go away and form our opinions on it and my opinion is very much that it is uh, most of those things it is creative it is mental and it is exciting I've I've just just decided to to focus on the positives with it and on the mm. surface of things. It seems appealing to me. No one can ever accuse Celtic in this occasion of being you know, conservative or safe about it because easiest thing in the world to just go and get yourself a Jack Ross or, or just give it to John Kennedy. Easiest thing in the world. That's one phone call away. Just appoint those guys and the job done. But they've gone the kind of long way around, even with everything involved with the adjustment with the adaptation to Scottish football with the COVID stuff where he's not been able to start yet, the isolation they've taken all of those into account and decided that he's the right man for the job now time will tell if that's the case but in isolation to answer your question, I'm I'm quite excited about it I don't know if I've signposted this well enough but can you tell there's a giant however coming down the tracks right mm. into your faces guys, jump out the way of it however <laughs> I, this, as you say, it was 11 days ago. What's next? When's phase yeah. two of this coming along? Because it's going to take an awful lot more than Ange Postecoglou to right the wrongs of what's going on with Celtic. We need to be moving on more than just the manager because times times are marching on here. I know. I, I'd said at the time when I thought Eddie Howe was going to be manager, look, it's going to take more than just the appointment of Eddie Howe to turn this around for me. I want Eddie Howe and the backroom staff and the, the coaches and the, the scouts and fucking everything. I want the whole lot... Um, appointed. My opinion on Ange Postacoglu is I'm on a real roller coaster with it. At first, I was like, "What? Who's this?" And then I read about him and I realised, "Ah, okay, he's got a bit of pedigree, albeit in Australia and Japan." And I, I was kind of on board, and I'm a bit like, "It's a curious, it's an intriguing appointment." Mm. But there's just like, I just there's this flashing red light that just won't go away that makes me think. Who, why how did you end up at Celtic at, at this point in your, yeah. in your life at this point in your career how did we end up in this appointment and I would love to know how we ended up with Ange Postecoglou out of all the managers in the world all of them how did we end up with this Australian now it might have been Moneyball it mm. might have been deep data and machine learning IBM might have used some massive computer. What's that computer's name? Norman or whatever. That IBM computer that <laughs> right. plays chess might have picked him out. The, or a VTech. He might have just a, a VTech. <laughs> or it might have been a speaking spell. <laughs> you know, it might it might have been a speaking spell. That I, I just I'm so curious about the the the, the rationale for getting that engine. Now, obviously, if I, he's the Celtic manager. He's going to have our backing. Yep. We 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 will do only do so much. He's going to have our backing as Celtic manager, and we're fully on board and. I'm intrigued and interested and encouraged by a lot of the things, the ways they play football and the way that the Australian press have been talking about them. God, they love them yeah. over there. Um, but it's just, I just can't shake this feeling. And like you said, Stephen, where's the rest of it? Yeah. You know, Melly's he's here. Where's his backroom staff? I, I kind of get the feeling that John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan are going to be here next season because how in all good conscience can you say to them, all right, any chance you could take the first couple of weeks of training and then piss off? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know if, if the board can can say that to them. And I wonder if, I, I kind of get the feeling, Melly, I wonder if they're just hoping we forget about John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. And look, I've nothing against John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, but it would seem extraordinary to me, Melly, for Ange Postecoglou to come into British football 
come into Scottish football, come into Celtic from Japan, having worked in Japan and Australia and have this great pedigree for winning and blah, 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 and not have a single one of his own guys with him. Mm. It's very strange, but uh, having listened to a lot of interviews with Ange Postacoglu, he, he did say in one of them, he likes going into a job and working with new staff. He doesn't mind working with people there. He said it sort of refreshes him. It helps him. It sort of inspires him a wee bit, he was sort of saying. So in that sense, okay, but... It's, it's not going to work out like that, is it? Stephen Wright, like, where's the rest of it? Because we were told we, well, there was this big, massive rebuild and look at all the players that need to go and staff no, and no, all we that. Were, just, just, One just, thing's just, we changed. We were told the opposite. We were told the opposite, though. We expected the first one. Yeah. But everybody from, every noise from Celtic, right? And I'm going to get to this later. Every single noise from Celtic has suggested the other. So everyone from outside Celtic have went, we need this big rebuild. We need new staff, coaches, director of football, blah, blah, blah. But all the noises from within Celtic have been, ah, we don't need a rebuild. <laughs> well, so that's one yeah. thing to bear in mind when you when you come to think of maybe the thought processes from within the club compared to the thought processes of the fans and people outside the club. Yeah, well, the whole, the whole director of football and coaching thing and all that was sort of, that was sort of leaked from Celtic that it's going to be at the end of the season we're going down this different model than the one we are now. Yet we're in nearly the last week of June and the only thing that's changed since Neil Lennon left is the manager. Nothing else has mm. changed. Nobody else has come in. And even even if we're looking at things with um, Nicky Hammond left, our chief scout left, there's been no replacements for these guys. So who's Ange Postacoglu getting transfer targets off? Who's working on all these things in the background? I think if Postacoglu had come into a, a structured Celtic where everything's there, where there's a settled squad, where maybe if he came in this time last season, we would have seen the true Postacoglu and how good he is. But going into this season, I, I don't know if even if he's a good manager, he can excel in this job, but just because of the sheer size of the job that he has to do. There's no doubt, Stephen, that even just... Even if you take the Celtic line, right, that there's not a big rebuild to be done, we definitely need... I mean, to be fair, Don McKay, everything that Don McKay said has been about modernisation and the football and structure on and off the field and all that. So you can expect some changes, but the job was massive to begin with. And as we more or less enter July in a, in a week or so, the job remains massive. <laughs> As Matt says, nothing's changed. We're absolutely, we're no further on apart from having appointed, finally appointed Ange Postacoglu. But we knew about this about three weeks ago now that Ange was going to get the job. He was the first name that appeared after the Eddie Howe thing crashed and lo and behold, a few days later, he was actually confirmed. So nothing really, we're not any further forward. And you know what I think would make everything a lot better for most people? Well, especially myself is if any of the noises coming out of the club are in any way positive. Now, I know it's some of it's just rumours in the paper and all that, but why, why are all the rumours crap? Is that, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm having one of those dreams where, you know, you, you have a dream where you, you feel like you can't move, some, some like monsters sitting in your chest and you're panicking yeah. and all that. I feel, like, I feel like I'm having one of them about last season and I'm, try, I'm struggling to move and I'm just like, no, not Gordon Strachan, no, surely not. Right. Not Anthony it's... Ralston, no. So... I, I, I'm just panicking now. I feel like that's what this close season has been. Every time, so... I, every time I turn on the internet, turn on the internet box, mm. it's just some crap rumour we're getting out of It's the Gordon Strachan thing. So there's, there's rumours that Gordon Strachan has been approached or is in talks for a role at Celtic. Um, and I believe Steve McGowan said he is, but other journalists have said they're not. So mm. out there, people who kind of have a finger on the pulse more than we do are reporting two different things. But let's just take this rumour because it's out there, right? I remember saying on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that 
or well, probably a month or so ago now, that Gordon Strachan was on Celtic TV, the past the paradise, right? And he made this really out of place, impassioned speech on behalf of how well everything was going at the club. <laughs> and yeah. I remember saying at the time that it seems odd. It's that that seemed out of place. It seemed like a guy who worked for Celtic. Because you gotta remember Gordon Strachan works for Dundee, yep. right? And I could be talking about my home yeah. here. God God knows it wouldn't be the first time in seven odd seasons of doing this podcast that Jamie's talking out of his hole, right? <laughs> then Gordon Strachan did some sort of interview. I can't remember where it was. And there was a lot of we this and we that in reference to Celtic. And again, I thought, well, this is odd for a guy who works for Dundee, who's on the radio. I think it was BBC Scotland or maybe it was BBC TV saying we're doing this and we're doing that. And I thought, right, OK, but you know the technical director of Dundee this is a bit odd you're very close to Celtic and then it sort of came out that Gordon Strachan has been in talks for the the director the technical director role and immediately people like nah not a chance not Gordon Strachan because it seems like I think the main problem with Gordon Strachan isn't his experience because he's a vastly experienced guy in yeah. football, vastly experienced football manager. He's now worked as a technical director, national team manager. You know, he's 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 steeped in football. Problem is, Melly, it once again looks like Celtic are fishing in this really shallow pond that kind of lacks imagination. Because people are looking at the manager and going, okay, part of City Group, that's Peter Lowell's sons involved there, so maybe that's just a shortcut appointment, right? Technical director, right? Gordon Strachan. It, it seems like there's a lack of imagination. Yeah, it sure and does. the lack of looking forward. Yeah, and the word modernisation that Don Mackay used, that doesn't seem very modern to me. Appointing a guy, what is he, in his 60s maybe, and a guy that's been on your doorstep Ages. the whole time. So as soon as Neil Lennon left and this rebuild could have started, Gordon Strachan was on Celtic TV. Just go and get him then and get this kick-started. But yet again, we're nearly in July and we haven't made an appointment yet. It just seems like oh, mm, Peter Law's away, who can we get in that we can sort of still kind of control and will be happy enough with everything we do? What about that guy on Celtic TV that's just telling us how good a job we were doing <laughs> in the last game? What about him? It just screams like another one that, like, oh, we need to sort of fill this role. Why don't we just get Gordon Strachan in? Whereas Celtic fans and most of us like, no, we've been told Stephen hates it, I hate it. Told all season how we don't know anything about football. The board know exactly what they're doing. Yet a team that were champions finished 25 points a season behind a season later. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It screams of, Stephen, if Gordon Strachan does get appointed, it screams of confirmation bias from the board. It, that's what it tells me. It tells me that the board and everyone behind the club know that they're doing everything right. And they're watching Gordon Strachan on TV defend the club, defend the board, tell us that everything's okay. And someone's thinking, Dermot Desmond, right? Sitting in the back of his limo with his cigar and his sunglasses, watching TV in the back of the limo. And he's leaving Celtic Park on the way to Dublin, turns on his TV, sees Gordon Strachan defend the club and says, driver, turn this limo round. Um, because he wants to, he wants to, like the guy out of Wayne's World. Yeah, Mr. Big. He wants, Mr. Big, he, he's like, this This guy gets it, Gordon gets it, give him a job. Gordon Strachan is technical director, Stephen. I'd see no upside. No. I'd see no upside. The, the question I would ask about this is why, really? Because it's it's the same way I would frame it if we were well, perennially linked with Scottish-based players. That's just the nature of football. You're always going to be linked with guys who are just up the road. Lord knows. And in recent seasons, have been linked with guys like Stephen O'Donnell, just taking one mm. example, right? My question about those would be, right, okay, fine, but 
is he the best candidate? Have you scoured Europe? Have you extensively scouted Switzerland and Belarus and Moldova and all that and come back and it just so happens that Stephen O'Donnell is the best candidate for this role, then mm. go for it, sign him. But if you haven't done any of that then and you're just signing Stephen O'Donnell, and again, Stephen O'Donnell isn't going to sign for Celtic, it's just an example of the kind of thing we get. If, if you haven't done any of that and Stephen O'Donnell just happens to be available and just up the road, I don't see the merit in that. And it's the same with Strachan. Who are we going to beat to Gordon Strachan's signature? Is he a guy who would be considered for that role at any other major club? The answer to me is a fairly clear no, mm. because he's kind of persona non grata in football in down south after his questionable yeah. comments regarding <laughs> racism. Can't remember what they were, can't remember what they were, but he's 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 yeah he's made a few now, hasn't he? He's made yeah, a few yeah. old man gaffes. No, I, I just bring up. I mean, that's irrelevant, right? To it, the the thing about what Melly's saying as well, the the way he kind of patronises the fans. I've seen it said that oh look Scotland Strachan is a guy who defends the club he loves Celtic and all that I was like right maybe he does but it's always at the expense of the fans he defends Celtic against mm. the fans that's that's his main yeah. his main modus operandi here um, I'm sick of that but I would separate it from his ability to do the job I would look at those things completely differently me personally I'm scunnered with constantly getting told by Gordon Strachan that because I've not played the game I don't have a clue on what I'm talking about not only do I not have a clue I don't have the right to even voice an opinion on it I'm mm. scunnered with that but I, I'm mature enough about it to say that that doesn't affect his ability to do the job so I'll look at that separately and think but can he do the job Is he? does he scream modernisation Gordon Strachan a guy who, and again, a, a popular defence of it is that I bet he knows this. He knows the club. He got us to the last sixteen. I know what to say. God, hmm. God, I'm a sick of that. But he's got us to the last sixteen, and I'm like, in 2008, and I'm like, what's what's he been doing since? The last time he was a, a like a reasonably successful club manager, Michael Jackson was still alive. <laughs> that, that, that's the kind of time skills we're dealing with here. What what is it? The, again, the the overall question is. What is it about Gordon Strachan that makes him a standout candidate for that particular role? Because I kind of see it. Here's here's the problem, right? As far as I can see it, Celtic fans for a while have worried that the club is coasting along on inertia yeah. and not moving with the times. And what we're worried about is that that inertia ha ran out of steam or ran out last season. Mm. The ship ran aground last season, and the people making the decisions were blind to this. So we're waving our hands going, look, this doesn't feel right. There's things here that don't seem right. There's mistakes being made. There's wee red flags popping up and we're being told, no, 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 it's fine. All that came ahead when Neil Lennon, when we went, you need to sack this guy. This ship is going to run aground. We were told, no, 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 we have faith in the manager's ability to do it and the fucking ship ran aground. So what we want as fans, I think, well, what I want as a fan, because I never speak for anyone else apart from myself, we want to see the club moving in what you would consider a new, modern, forward direction. And that is not rehashing what has gone before. Yeah. That is not too Gordon Strachan. We too want much. new ideas in the club. Now, Gordon Strachan might have new ideas, right? But I'll tell you what, he doesn't have the best new ideas in, in Europe, as you say, Stephen. And that extends to Ange Postacoglu as well, right? We want new ideas. Okay, Ange Postacoglu is an interesting new appointment. He might not be a red flag, but he's he's like an amber one. He <laughs> could go either way. Gordon Strachan, if he comes in, is a red flag. Anthony Ralston, a player who has not been good enough to get a game at right back under several managers in a position where we have probably signed 
in Anthony Ralston's lifetime, he's seen more right backs than he's seen. I don't know. Get what some add a pun in there, Stephen. Make a joke, <laughs> right? Haircuts. I don't know. Right? I'll Anthony Ralston. Anthony Ralston has seen more people come in ahead of him at right back than any other player in any position at the club. Mm, and we give him a new contract. And it just smacks to me. I made the point in Discord earlier on, it's like, is his Geary coming back was a red flag? I said that at the time. This to me is a red flag. And someone made the point, well, it's not a red flag because Izagiri was done when he came back. Yeah, Izagiri was done off the back of a good career. Anthony Ralston's not even had the career that no. Izagiri had. That's... And nothing against Anthony Ralston. Because no. if he hears this and sees me, he'll probably batter me. Because he looks like <laughs> he can swing a haymaker and he's got a jaw that could cut glass, right? <laughs> so I know Anthony Ralston could put one on my chin for saying that, right? Yeah. And no offence to him. But I just don't know... It smacks of, Christ, we've got games coming up, we don't even write it back, we better just sign him another contract. See anything, I, yeah, you're right to, to point this out, because see anything I say about Anthony Ralston, it is framed very much as uh, a problem of Celtics rather than his. This is yeah. nothing personal about Anthony Ralston. All I believe about him is that he's a, a good, decent, solid pro who isn't good enough mm. for Celtic or isn't good enough for the level they're currently playing at and certainly not good at the le- good enough for the level that we want them to be at. So that's that's what I would say about Anthony Ralston before it gets it runs away and becomes like or it sounds like it's personal towards him. N- nothing could be further from the truth. But we've been doing this podcast what six seasons now, I think it is. Anthony Ralston has been in and around the first team for five of those and he's only ever made 18 appearances because broadly the fans are of the opinion that he's not good enough to be there and he's just kind of there by default. So with the chat that he's signed a new contract, it becomes then a debate about whether... It's it's not about if he's, he's suddenly become good enough. It becomes about either there's no, no one else, there's no other yeah. options. And my point on that would be that there's always something your options are never nothing at all or the guy who just happens to be there it's kind of along the same lines as I've just said about Gordon Strachan it's like is is he there by default or is he there by merit I feel like we abandoned any hope of being able to replace him at this stage and just be like right we'll just give give him a new contract because they're never going to get anything better but those aren't the choices It's, it's not just we either keep Anthony Ralston or we simply just don't play a right back. We'll play a back three next season. We just don't. Mm. We won't have a right back. Those aren't the only choices. It's... I mean, it seems like I, I, my memory might fail me here, but since Anthony Ralston, Anthony Ralston's been at the club, right? Michael Lustig has kept him out, right? We've also had might be might be Tyler Blackett. Was he right no. back? No, nah, he's left. No, say the Yanko. It's say the Yanko. So say the Yanko. He couldn't get in a, he couldn't get in ahead of say the Yanko, right? Gamboa couldn't get in ahead of Gamboa. It's quite um, young back then, but you're, you're, you're right. Aye, so, but, these are all players that were at the club after yeah. he made his debut, though. Right. Jeremy Toyan couldn't get in ahead of Jeremy Toyan. El Hamed couldn't get in ahead of him. Moritz Bauer couldn't get in say, ahead of him. Remember Moritz Bauer? I was just going to say, just uh, nothing to add to it, but remember Moritz Bauer? <laughs> Jeremy Frimpong couldn't get in ahead of him. John Joe Kenny couldn't get in ahead of him. Like, the, the list is insane of people who have come to this club. And, and saw them all off, mate. Say, saw them off. Right, he, well, that's, he just bided his time, right? <laughs> and I know, and I know he's a young player and all that sort of stuff. But just, there's just part of me that thinks, what is it about? Now, people might say, well, we've only signed them as backup, and we'll bring in another right back. And in all, we probably will bring in another right back. I just don't see any merit in it. No. I just don't see any merit in it, uh, unless he's to fill some sort of quota for homegrown players or or, or something like that. Merely, it, it, it's just one of these ones where, on the face of it, there doesn't seem to be much sense in it. No, there doesn't. And for a 
I've I've said it on here before. I think John Joe Kenny is possibly the worst player I've ever seen in a Celtic shirt. <laughs> he was absolutely dreadful. And Ralston didn't even come close to taking his his position last season. Played one game last season when Celtic literally had nobody else due to the COVID yeah. thing. And I think look, I love the Ralstonator, but he's not good enough. <laughs> he hasn't been good enough the whole time he's been here. That's why yeah. he didn't play at all in one of the worst Celtic teams I've ever seen last season. And then for this season too, again, just go and give him that wee contract just in case. It just screams of, we're not prepared to bring in a top level right back and then somebody underneath that. This is why I'm talking about Ange Postacoglu has a huge job in his hands because Celtic aren't ready for this season. They've shown that by the appointment of him. They've shown that by the lack of appointments. And what Stephen said is true. He's there by default. But you can make the same argument for John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, Nia Beaton, Tom Rogic, Lee Griffiths. The list goes on. Are these guys good enough to be at Celtic? Or is it just because the guys that kept them out have all left and these are the only ones left? It's the second. And this is why we're all worried because we're going to go into this season with Ralston, Beaton, Welsh and Taylor as our back four. <laughs> we don't want to be, look, we don't want to be Debbie Downers here, right? You don't mm. want to be a Debbie Downer on the verge of a new season, a new Celtic manager coming in. You know, and the bottom line is I'm encouraged and excited about Ange Postacoglum. We've not seen very much of him and now he's actually training maybe things will start to heat up a wee bit. But there's just a lack of activity around the club that worries me because games are coming in pretty soon. Mm. Just one final point on Ange is, is I've got a theory based on nothing at all, right? That there's no assistant manager being announced for Ange Postacoglu yet. I wonder if that's Sean Maloney. The reason I wonder that is because Sean Maloney was apparently interested in the Celtic job. He's got links and ties to Celtic. He was rumoured for the director of football role in a newspaper last week or the week before last, which doesn't make any sense to me why you'd give that job to a talented young coach. Yeah. Ange hasn't got his own assistant manager at the moment and you wouldn't expect Sean Maloney to do anything until after the Euros. Now, I know Sean Maloney also fancied as a crack at the Celtic job. So coming in as Ange's assistant, working there for a couple of years with a view to becoming Celtic manager might not be a bad career path for a talented young coach. So I don't know if... This is not a rumour that I've heard. It's just something that I suspect. And do you know what? Maybe maybe I'm giving Celtic an idea. Maybe maybe it's not such a bad idea for them You're to go and get someone wishing like this into existence, just wishing it out there, hoping to manifest it. I'm doing astral projection. Now, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you know what that is, but if you don't know what it is, I suggest you Google it, followed by Noel Edmonds. <laughs> Noel so. Edmonds. We're on some Noel Edmonds shit on, up in this <laughs> bitch. <laughs> We're on some Noel Edmonds shit here on TMT. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The reason that we're a bit worried is because you know, Celtic don't seem prepared. They don't seem prepared. And the Champions League game against Meteorland is only a couple of weeks away. It seems unlikely that we're going to see many changes before that game. But that's that's a tough tie, isn't it, Melly? Yeah, out of the three, it was Galatasaray and Sparta Prague, I think it was. But the hardest game we could have got. They're a decent team. They only lost the league by a point, I think. And it was quite a bit of an upset. So, yeah, it's going to be very difficult. And when you look at Meteorland, they're, they're like Brentford. They're organised. They're ready for everything. They know they've got a structure in place. They sort of started the money ball thing. So if one player leaves, they have either have the player there or they go out and get them. The complete opposite mm-hmm. of Celtic. And I think going into this game, it is the toughest task we could have got. And it's the one game we need to win in the, these qualifying rounds. I think it was mission impossible for Celtic to get to the Champions League. But all they need to do is win this first qualifying round. And that guarantees them at least Europa League uh, football in the group stages going out here makes everything else very difficult and I just feel with this Celtic team, with this upheaval going in against a team like Mitchelland, it is going to be very very difficult but we might have one of the players by then so oh, Jesus, I, that, that was another Steven. one another part of that dream, Eric Sviatchenko was haunting me in my dreams as well as, lo- as well as Gordon Strachan and Anthony Ralston but the the Maitland thing, Maitland, I, I, I like how I'm really leaning into that pronunciation mm. there, whether it's right or wrong. The, I mean, it's, it goes without saying, it's very pressing. It's, it's, I'm not re- revealing anything that anyone doesn't know here, but it's already, time is of the essence here. And I think if there's any doubt remaining, if there's anyone still out there who thinks, ah, we'll get plenty of time. It's In recent seasons, or almost always, we get a couple of gimmies in the the qualifiers. Yeah. You know, the first couple of rounds are are you know are red mm. imps who I know were trickier than than we thought. But even recent seasons, we're looking at Reykjavik and you know, Sudova and you know, teams like that, Sarajevo, Nomikalju and all that. 
this is completely different. Maitland are much better than these teams, much, much better. So it's it's very, very tricky. And I just feel like we're we're sleepwalking into a potential can you sleepwalk into a banana skin? I don't know if that's possible. That's <laughs> a know. ridiculous image I've just conjured up there, but you're sleepwalking into a potential disaster here. I've said all along about this European qualification campaign that I don't, I can't see for a single second us qualifying for the Champions League. No. Not only just because of all the circumstances we've talked at length about all the you know, pitfalls and all the, all the failings so far of the season and last. Also, it's just much more difficult. It's just much more difficult than we've experienced in, se- in recent seasons. So I'm not pinning all my hopes of this season onto Champions League qualification because I've already very early on come to terms with the fact that we're probably not going to qualify for it. But even still, I want to I want to at least try. <laughs> I want to try and qualify. Well, and it doesn't look like we're, we're giving ourselves the best chance here. The Eric Svechenko thing came from Alison McConnell, journalist, who again is usually quite close to things at Celtic. And again, I'm just like, right. So has the the meet has the transfer meeting gone? Started off like this. They all sit around and go, right, centre halves, shit. Who can we get in quickly? Because Ayer's leaving, and somebody's went, well, Svechenko actually wasn't that bad when he was here, which is obviously incorrect. The guy was rubbish. <laughs> they went, has Andy still got his mobile number? I I think we've still got. You want to give him a phone and see if we can get a deal done? Yeah, it's it's. If, if he comes back, it's another red flag for me. Oh, if, he just wasn't good enough to begin with. If, there was a reason we sold him. Yeah, he was saft. If Brendan Aye. Rogers get rid of him, that's good enough for me. Brendan Rogers, the best manager we've had in the past 20 years, thought he's not good enough, then that's enough for me. He's 29 now. He's, well, he's playing in a, in a decent team, but come on, man. There's no way that <laughs> Eric Sviachenko, he didn't play the remaining what, six months he was at Celtic. He was Boyata. He ended up like and Simonovic ahead choice, of him. He ended yeah. up he ended up well down the pecking order by the time he left and that just would represent a, a, a regression from Celtic it would represent Aye. a step back wouldn't it well Sviachenko was okay at best he was an okay defender he played his part in an extremely successful season for Celtic he did, he did his bit in the invincible treble season but towards the end he'd been found out and yeah. he'd been found out against a Rangers team that were pish at that point now, do you need to yeah. remember that you know, Rangers were getting scalped aside left and right by Celtic at that point, but the Svechenko was almost solely responsible for giving Rangers a chance in these games because he couldn't really deal with guys like Kenny Miller. So, I mean, the idea that whatever, four years on from him having left because he was, again, decent, a good guy and all that. <laughs> I know yeah. we, we as a fan base, we fall in love with these characters, like these right good guys and all that. And it kind of blinds a lot of people to how they actually were on the, the field. I think I think it would be crazy to bring a guy like that back. Again, nothing against him, but he was he was fine. He wasn't quite good enough. We let him go. Why on earth you would bring him back at 29, four years on from when he was clearly no first choice anymore? Madness, absolute madness. Is it unrealistic just because you go back and sign a player that you already had? Is it unrealistic to, to say, you know, that's a step backwards? Is it, is it unrealistic for Celtic to, you know, where have Celtic come in the last four years since since Svechenko left? Are we in a position where we can just keep signing better and better centre-halves? You know, if Svechenko's improved a little bit, Celtic have regressed a little bit, our budget's a bit depleted. A player that will, that a player in a Brendan Rodgers team that was just okay in a Brendan Rodgers team and this next team given that Celtic have maybe, Celtic definitely have regressed, have they maybe, is it realistic to think that maybe they've met each other in the middle? That's a pathetic way to run a football club, but is it not? <laughs> you should be trying to be the best sure you can be. sure is, Melee. 
I'm just trying to do my best for Celtic. You know, yeah, corner a wee bit. Yeah, here we are. The guy wasn't good enough first time round. He was sold, and he's barely been spoken about since. Maybe people go, oh, he was all right." Dedrick Boyata and Jozo Simonovic played ahead of him. One of those guys hasn't had a club for a year. The other guy has left, and I think he's been released by Berlin now. They weren't the best. They weren't the best, and Sviachenko wasn't even up up against them. So it was a massive step back for Celtic. In fact, they're crawling all the way back. The guy can't have improved that much, and bringing him back just, again, screams of, who do we know? Who do we know? We're getting rid of one Scandinavian. Get Let's just get in another. And it's just all patchwork for me. Celtic do need reinforcements. We've brought in um, Liam Shaw. He's signed, obviously, pre-contract back in January. We, we did a scout report on him and released that as part of the Patreon. You can go and check it out there. Um, he, he described himself mainly as a box-to-box midfielder, but he looks like a sort of versatile player. He's played centre-half before. Yeah, don't know much about him, but I just can't wait for three, four years down the line when he's playing in midfield to go, oh, maybe we should play him at centre-half. The, the reverse <laughs> eye, I will call it. It's just going to be a, just please be a midfielder, mate, or please pick a position. I hope he's decent because Lord knows we need some decent players. I remember saying that when Frimpong came in because the chat when uh, we we did a bit of scouting on him and uh, some of the press around him was that he could play right and left back and I remember thinking, oh God, I hate that. I hate hearing that about fullbacks that they can play either side because mm. nobody's ever really that good at it. Turned out he never, he never kicked a single ball for us at left back but I remember thinking, oh God, just, just pick a position. I don't want to hear about this versatile stuff because we, again, as a fan base, we, it tends to fry our brains a wee bit and we just kind of process it and all of a sudden we're just branding people the other thing that they once played when they were 12. <laughs> so, no, just pick a I position mean, and stick to it. No, I, that's it. Well, it's, it's not even that. It's just that very rarely do we sign a player that's good enough to play multiple positions because you need to be yeah. a player to be able to do that. Like, look at Ayer. Ayer can play right back. That's fair enough. Maybe not for a whole season, but he can fill in it right back. He can play centre half. He can probably play midfield. That's because he's a quality footballer. The rest of the players, they really struggle. And it's all down to the individual player. I remember hearing... I remember hearing Alan Hutton talk recently during a Scotland thing. Alan Hutton, of all people, who once famously only played for Scotland despite having a club as they picked for his club. But he was talking about, he'd quite, he was obviously Alan Hutton, marauding right back, signed from Rangers to Tottenham for nine million quid, unbelievably. But he said that all his career he played right back and he was talking about Andy Robertson playing up one. And he was just saying, I couldn't do that. I could never do that. I needed to see the pitch in front of me. I couldn't run onto the ball into space. He goes, my game was getting the ball at back and pushing up front. So it's very difficult for a lot of players to, you know, just because people think, oh, you're a footballer, you should be able to play multiple positions. There's only one up, but shouldn't it be that difficult? There's whole different aspects to the game. And if we're bringing in a guy like Liam Shaw, if he has a midfielder, I'm a bit like, well, let's not ruin him by trying to shoehorn him elsewhere. He's 20. He's no 16 or 17. Let's transform him into a quality midfielder if that's what he's arrived as um, it's easier said than done though because one player that's still rumoured to be leaving is Olivier and Cham I don't really see any way back for him at Celtic Stephen no. I know Ange Postacoglu and everyone at Celtic has sort of said look clean slate clean slate for all the players I don't necessarily believe in that I don't think everyone should get a clean slate um, but it seems unlikely that Olivier and Cham would come back. And I said this when it looked as if he was going to sign for Marseille, but that, that didn't work out for him. He can go, really. He's not really improved since we signed him. You know what I mean? He's no came, no. been developed and move on. Olivier and Cham came, played at a level that was good for Brendan Rodgers. 
kind of like rested on his laurels a wee bit or just was disinterested in, in playing for anyone else other than Brendan Rodgers, I'll not really miss him if he goes. No, I, th I think that I mean, these ships have all sailed. They, they see like Bolly Bolingoli and Encham and all that and Jack Henry and it, any notion of bringing these guys back, giving Lee Griffiths another contract and all that. I mean, just let's just all accept that things are just over and we need to move on from players. And Cham falls into that bracket as well. I've always maintained that he's nowhere near as bad a player as some people like to make out. Absolutely nowhere near it. Is he the best midfielder in Scotland as we maybe urged them to be at times we didn't we never said he was but we all wanted them to push on and become the player that we but hoped he could he possibly did be did at one time look like that didn't he yeah, he did yeah, at I mean, times look like the. I mean admittedly like the competition wasn't great at the time we're talking about when you know under Brendan Rush but at times you looked at this guy and went okay, if he continues improving he'll be a real player but yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean would they be buying for 4 million do you think we'll get any more than that back? No, not a chance. Not a chance. Absolutely not. I mean, there was even been chat about how they may just cut his contract, they may just ditch his contract and let him go for free, which is kind of still floating around. The thing is that I mean, the, the various merits of that, people say, oh, you'd be crazy to let him go for nothing, but there, there isn't that many options when you when you think about it. Is someone going to come in and pay two million for him just now? I, I don't know. You know the, the alternative is you give him, you trigger this extension, give him another year, he might just sit there for a year collecting money. It might cost you two million quid to keep him when really you yeah. could probably just cut him off the wage bill right now. So it's not really as simple as, oh, you're letting him go for free. You're also cutting your losses. You're also getting yeah. a headache off your off your hands, a headache off your hands. I'd, why am I talking like this tonight? I just, I, I start to say... It's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> you want, you, want, so. you need a couple of weeks, sir? I think so. Um, aye, so it gets it gets a problem off the books as well, right? So I, I wouldn't have any issue with just terminating the guy's contract because it's never going to, you're never going to get great money for him and he's never going to turn it around for Celtic. Again, I, I don't want you to come across like one of these guys who just hates the guy. <laughs> there seems to be an awful lot of kind of quite, quite strong strong vitriol towards the guy and I understand that because he at times now seems like he's got a stinking attitude but it was good for Celtic and even as recently as last season where we went to that 3-5-2 and Cham was a big part of that he was a key facet in that that change to the 3-5-2 all the focus was on Griffiths and Edward because well for obvious reasons they were the goal scorers but Cham made that tick as well so it's not like we're, it's years ago since the last time Cham was good for mm. Celtic but it's over. It's, it's absolutely over. So yeah, nah, no it's, way back. It's kind it. of like leave it to those who are willing. That's yeah, how people yeah, kind yeah. of feel about and Cham and Lee Griffiths and all that sort of look. The talk of these guys coming back is, is I sort of recoil at the the, the the talk of Lee Griffiths getting a fresh slate. I mean, the guy's not been at the the guy has not been Celtic quality striker for some time now, and just because he was once doesn't mean he's going to be forever. We do have one quality striker at the club, obviously Edward linked with moves to Leicester that seems to have fallen through there was an article in I think it was Athletic or maybe it was the Times last week about Edward moving to Leicester and how that deal collapsed there was sort of a, there was a cost for doing business mm. if you were Brendan Rodgers and you came to Celtic's door which by all accounts exists in football everywhere you can understand it you know how long, how long that have guy we been talking about the Hibs thing? How long have we been talking about Hibs yeah. being unable and unwilling rather to do business with Celtic? It's been years, more than 10 years now. It's been since the Scott Brown days, the Petrie versus Law thing. I don't think that's anything new. It's Brendan no ideal, Rogers, is it? But it's not. No. Nothing and he's new. wadded. He's wadded and he knows how much Edward's worth. So if he's coming to buy Odds and Edward, we're talking top dollar here. And by the way, when we say top dollar, I don't. I think the, the, it was someone's like 20 million quid. Hmm. So not an awful lot of money. Edward apparently wanted a lot of money, Melly. So this all factored into Leicester um, going ahead and signing Patterson Dacca. 
It wasn't purely financial. That has to be said. So it wasn't just a case of Celtic messing up the deal here. There was lots in the mix, including the money, including Brendan Rodgers not willing to pay, including Brent, including Odson Edwards' representatives. There's also then after that, Melly, a story that came out that said Odson Edward might be quite happy to sit and see out his contract and leave for free. Now, this could be seen as a bargaining tool for Celtic, you know, just reminding. And, and Christopher Iyer said something very similar, only he put it more politely. He went, look, I just want Celtic to get a lot of money for me. I I could leave for free in January and take all the money, but if Celtic sell me now, which I think's best for everyone, they could get a lot of money. But there is a school of thought, Melly, is there not, that if Odson Edward wants to leave for free, and we're going to get 20 million, 18, between say 18 and 25 million for him this summer. If we don't sell him now, tell him he can go for free next summer and he's instrumental into getting us into the Champions League this year. That's better business for Celtic, is it not? Yeah, but there's, could the same could be said last year. We don't sell him, we keep him and win the 10 and we all know how that, how that went. The guy wanted mm. to go. I think in these situations, it's best just to let players go. Like, that this should be the way, this should be the model. The only reason we get so clung on to players is because we have no faith whatsoever that the club will go out and replace them. Odson Edward, we've probably known he's going for two seasons now. What's been done about it? Absolutely nothing. And again, if Edward was to go, which makes total business sense to sell the guy for about 20 million and reinvest it, what are Celtic going to do with that? What are they going to do? It's so unknown. And I think Edward... We've had enough of him. I can't see how him staying in Scotland is just going to decide to up his game and really put in everything in a season where the at the end of it he's getting a free transfer. He'll not want to get injured. He probably wants to go. The Leicester thing, I don't really think it's Celtic's fault it's falling through, but we have to just sell these guys and replace them. We can't just be holding these players just because we're so inept at our own job that we can't replace them. The other, the other school of thought is, Stephen, you sell Edward for 20 million, you sell Christopher Iyer for whatever you get from 8, 10, 15 million, whatever. That's a big chunk of change to help fuel, or help pay for, rather, the, the rebuild that's needed to get Anjan the specific players he wants to play his way. Yeah, sounds perfect. <laughs> sounds ideal. <laughs> Sign me up. Let's take Sorted all this money. Tell, Celtic don't need a director of football, just got us three in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that, that all sounds good on paper. Everything we've just talked about in the last couple of minutes is ideal world stuff because yeah I've seen it suggested that yeah just keep Edward let's just get him motivated and we'll be fine but that's gone again like we just as Melly said we just need to get better at accepting that things are over I kind of think of a single example of forcing a player to stay a season past his past the point of no return for him and it working out never mind two seasons that guy wanted away last season forcing him here again against his will I don't know right he's, he's got a contract he's he signed to Celtic but I f- reading between the lines it appears that promises have been made that he would have been let go by now right fine I, I don't see a guy like Odson Edward being I think particularly- it's fair to say though everything's agreed so it's not yeah. a case of no one forced and this is a narrative not just what you're saying but it's a narrative online and a narrative out there that we forced Ayer to stay and we forced Edward to stay that's not strictly true they agreed Yeah, yeah. we said I- to them Will you give us one more season as we go for 10 in a row and we will let you go 100% next summer? It's not a case of like we forced these guys and that's why they didn't play well because, you know, we made them stay against that. We sat them down and we had the conversation with them. You're right. And and I've just used it, but that's the wrong choice of words uh, to to force to stay, to to not honour the promises of being able to let the 
such and such go, Edward or I or whoever the case may be, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, forced is, is the wrong word. But to have him here for a, another season, yeah, having a really good player, though, a fit and firing odds on Edward, fully motivated, yeah, great. But it's not a computer game. Do you know what I mean? You kind of just like switch off. But the motivation for his him would be, Stephen, if you sit down and you go to Odson Edward, this is, I think, roughly how transfers work. So Odson Edward, you could say to him, look, having trouble replacing you, Odson, um, we've got a couple of offers in that kind of meet the valuation um, and you're kind of, uh, it's already described, Leicester can't meet his personal terms. So say he wants 80 grand a week and Leicester are only offering 60 or whatever. And he's getting two million quid signing on fee, and Celtic are getting eighteen million pound or fifteen million pound, whatever it is. You, you know, what's in it, Edward? You sit down with his reps and you go, "Look, one more season out of you, we will let you go for free next year, or you can sign a pre-contract in January." Odds in Edward at that point, because Celtic can't get any money instead of his transfer, instead of his signing on fee being two million quid, he might be looking at you know ten million quid. He's, so it, financially, it can work out for a player leaving on a Bosman or a free oh, yeah, because yeah. they get most of the transfer fee. So it's not just a case of, you know, you're, you would be holding him here. And I know we're talking hypotheticals because in all likelihood he will get sold. But it's, it, again, I'm just like, it's gotten to the point now where maybe letting Odds Red, getting one more year out of him, giving us more time to find a replacement, giving us a better opportunity to get in the Champions League. It's, it's, maybe we just need to take the L. Maybe we just yeah. need more time not to find a replacement like we've done <laughs> for him and every other player we've got. Again, we're putting faith in this Celtic structure that simply doesn't exist and they've done no. nothing to put it in there. So this time next year we'll be at odds and could you just sign another year's extension and then you can okay, go so, after that? So what I'm saying to you, Melly, is here's the proposition, right? Here's £20 million to give to Celtic to spend on players and try to replace Odds and Edward or... <laughs> You get Odson Edward. That's the offer for you. That's what I'm offering you. Do you give twenty million pounds at Celtic to spend on trying to replace Odson Edward, or do you keep Odson Edward? This is where the difficulty lies, because any other club would go twenty million quid. That's three, four good players, and we could replace them. Celtic. Oh, who knows what we'd bring in? So that's twenty I, players. That's twenty <laughs> players for Celtic. Yes, the rebuild complete. Uh, Honestly, I'd take the money. I think it's time up for him. I don't see having odds to Edward at Celtic with a year left in his contract and what will this be, his fourth season in Scottish football? I just don't see how it works out for him. See, a final thing on the odds on Edward, motivation, motivation, fit and firing thing. Uh, mm. I think herein lies the problem in what a lot of us as fans uh, do and we reduce a player's ambitions to purely about money yes we could probably put together some sort of financial package for him and he would do well going on a Bosman in a year's time but that's at the end of spending yet another season of his career in Scotland Yeah, uh, yet yeah. another one and I don't mean to be like, disrespectful towards Scottish football here but I need to be realistic about it does a guy like Odson Edward want to spend a fifth season in Scotland when he sees all of his peers and we're talking Moussa Dembele's now at Atletico Madrid Kieran Tierney is on the verge of, if he hasn't already, signing probably 110 grand a week contract at Arsenal. He'll probably get another move as well. He's looking around thinking, that should be me. I, yeah. I should not be in Scotland for another season on whatever money he's on with the promise that maybe he can get a, a decent move at the end of it. Because a lot can happen in a year. What if it, It's the big cliche in it, but what if he gets injured? It's a short career. He wants it. Just, just let him go. I, I don't think there's anything here for him still to do. There's nothing we can put in front of him. Money, trophies, 
there's nothing we can provide him with that he couldn't get you yeah. know, better elsewhere now at this point in his career. I think it's just it would just make sense to just cut your losses. Don't have any players around who want to go anymore. And I know that's easier said than done, right? A lot of people say that. Oh, just, oh, just get them out. Right? Everybody wants to leave, just get rid of them. But what we've got there is a clear example of it. I, it couldn't be clearer that Odson Edward wants to leave this club. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's served his time. Four seasons is wild for a guy like Odson Edward in Scotland. So it's it's done. Just just let the guy go. Just come to some sort of arrangement and let the guy get on with his career. £110,000, that's a lot of money, man, isn't it? I barely make that a month. It's absolutely Honestly. ridiculous thinking about that and all. Disgusting. I could even spend. I'd be honestly, if I got 110, quid, 110 grand a week, I'd be dead in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, I don't know how many donuts that gets you. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be Chris Farley in that. Melly, any final thoughts on Odds and Edward? Yeah, I just think it's time up for the guy as well. Since he signed permanently that uh, record move for Celtic. Celtic probably hit him with the usual, oh, we'll sell you on, you'll play Champions League football. Celtic haven't been near the Champions League in no. those three years. So what else? Does he want to play Europa League football every year? Or does he want to go Hold and test know. himself that's, that's in a better risk. league? That is the risk. It's not everything is Celtic's fault. You know, Odson Edward comes to Celtic, he doesn't sign away four years of his career on the back of maybe playing six Champions League games a season. Yeah. That's just the risk you take. That is how it crumbles cookie-wise, Odson. You don't... <laughs> It's no Selic's fault that, that Odson Edward hasn't been playing in the Champions League every year. There needs to be a bit of come and is, go here. Come on, mate. They're going into every qualifying round a shambles and it's getting worse every season until this season where we're not even champions and we're worse than we have been the previous Aye, three seasons. <laughs> if you're signing for Celtic, right, and Celtic go, we'll get, you, we'll get you Champions League football, it's up to his agent and him to go, this lot are talking about Champions League football, but really they've only been in the Champions League twice in the last decade, so... Of that basis, I might not be. So it's not just like everything Celtic's fault. I, I just think these players come to Celtic because they want to play for Celtic because it gives them a... Because basically it's a pathway to the, the English Premier League. That's yeah, really so let what, them do that, that then. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't disagree. I'm just saying it's no... Just because he's not played Champions League football, I, I think a lot of... A wee bit maybe is too much of that Champions League football thing. Um, there's nothing wrong, Stephen. He's only with Champions a little League, bump and grind. Nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. There's nothing along <laughs> wrong... We a little homegrown football. Is there, Stephen? You don't no. need this fancy Dan Champions League stuff. We've got Hearts, Dundee, St Mirren, the Huns and Ross County lined up to open up the league next season. Two of those teams, Hearts and Dundee, obviously came up, promoted. St Mirren, best of the rest in the bottom six. Huns, champions, invincible. And then Ross County, who've got Malky Mackay Ooh, as manager. Celtic stopper Malky Mackay. Aye, no and that's, that's all he's famous for, isn't it? Malky <laughs> yeah, Mackay oh, yeah. playing for Celtic. One scored it. against the Huns, and that's where we'll draw the line with yeah, Malky Mackay's legacy. Yeah, just draw draw a line right under that. It's a tricky one against the Huns so early. That's what I'm taking out of that when I'm look when I'm looking at that fixture list, Melly. Yeah, usually it's right after the deadline we play them recently, but it's went back to the, the previous way where it's just before the, the old transfer deadline. So it will be difficult. It was always going to be an away game against them first, and you're looking at that. Celtic won't have their shit together by then. They'll be still scrambling about on deadline day trying to bring in players. So who knows what will happen up to then. And look, if you take out the the Rangers games, because that obviously is the toughest one, three home games out of five to start off the season and you're playing against Hearts away who are just up, it's no it's not the hardest start in the Hearts game. Saturday night, eight o'clock kickoff. Yes, please. <laughs> no. What a start. 
Why is it at that time? It must be football. It must, it's certainly football. It's, def, <laughs> it's definitely football. That's why it started at that time. No doubt about it. Absolutely as football. What I meant to say was, it must be television. Hearts yeah. away, Saturday night kickoff. Okay, we'll take it. But again, I'm just, I'm not at the stage yet, guys, where I'm excited about this. Like, I'm very, 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 very nervous about all that's coming ahead for Celtic. And it's less than a month, just shy of a month when our season starts for real against Mettyland and I, I, I'm very nervous about it all. It's because Celtic haven't really done anything yet apart from a point of manager. It makes it makes everything feel like it's still ages away because we've, I think your brain probably processes it as we've got so much to do but we're not going to do it in a week so it must be ages away all this sort of stuff mm. so I think it's probably it's quite hard to wrap our heads around the fact that the season is probably just around the corner really but I, what a start. I couldn't, couldn't have asked for a more a spicier start though at Old Castle and a, a bizarre 8 o'clock kickoff because of football and just before we wrap up it would be remiss of us not to mention the fact that Celtic uh, mentioned that Bertie Old has been diagnosed with dementia it's I mean there's there's really it's one of these guys and I always struggle doing this in our sort of light hearted podcast but he's a he's a a genuine legend, yeah, an absolute legend. And and our thoughts on this podcast are obviously with Bertie Old and his family at, at this time. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's a it's a silly week in a football podcast, and it, you know, these these moments, these subjects are very difficult to tackle and and to possibly do it justice. So, to, to be honest, there's no point in even trying to do the guy's career and life justice on this in this podcast. So. All, all there is really to say about it is that it's really sad news. Um, it's, it's a hammer blow for, for the Celtic fans, obviously, of course, with his family, I think. With Barry all being who he is, I think it's there's just there's that extra bit of sadness. Obviously, it's always, it's terrible whenever anyone is diagnosed with this. Um, we had Chris Sutton on the podcast recently talking about his experiences with this terrible illness as well. But I think there's a an extra tinge of sadness to this in that very old being who he is, he's always been like this massive character, you know, this huge personality, mm -hmm. one of the most, you know, one of the biggest characters and most beloved personalities ever associated with the club, never mind like one of the most legendary players. And it's, I think you know, that this is always going to be the case anyway, but I think it's just brought home the fact that all that, all that part of all the stories, not is one day not going to be with us anymore, and it's just, it's just a very, very sad, you know, development. So, uh, yeah, thoughts with thoughts with the old family. And on that, I think we shall wrap up this flagship episode of the podcast. We will be back. Um, if, we'll be back if anything major breaks, but we're continuing our Celtic coverage over on Patreon, patreoncom slash 20 Tims. You know the job by now. Check it out over there. But until then, Melly, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Jamie, I would like to say goodbye. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm.